So today we are reviewing Hammer Man. So yeah, this is uh, episode number seven, dropping out. You are listening to Amazingly Terrible, a podcast that brainstorms the most convoluted fanfic on the internet. I'm Adam. I'm Matt. I'm Mike. And I'm Derek. Daryl. <gasps> Daryl, you're here finally. Back from the year 2012. Um, how's everybody doing today? I Today I learned that Ekans is snake backwards. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah. About that. Um, Did you learn that from an Ouroboros that just happened to stop by, or uh, or what? Well, I did, no, I learned from Twitter because they said Ekans mm. is snake backwards. We're wait, 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 wait! Stop. Hammer time. Right. And every time you hear that, you have to take a drink. Oh no! <laughs> no. Because <laughs> you're just gonna say it over and over and over and over and yeah. over and over. I was over, gonna over, say, over how again. blackout hammer do we want to be in about it, ninety minutes? It, yeah, we're gonna like we can go to prison for murdering our listeners. Is this number seven? Uh, yes, I think so. It's hard to tell because I couldn't see anything um, on the wonderful YouTube video uh, that we were able to watch. Thanks to the modern technology of pulling a Betamax cassette tape out of your grandmother's basement and no. ripping it onto this, this- this wasn't Betamax. This was too poor quality to be Betamax. Oh, yeah. yeah. The tracking on this was a disaster. All right, Dropping Out was episode seven. Uh, it aired in 1992. Well, we're actually not... very lucky that we rolled one of the few episodes that still exists. That exists, yeah. What? Oh, really? It's been <laughs> lost to the sands of time? Yep. So... Oh, yes, this is on the Lost Media Wiki. Wow. So, like, the, even the recording studio and, like, the, the networks don't have a copy in their massive archives? Well, oh, it yeah. says right here, all 13 episodes were released on VHS by Buena Vista Home Video. So that means that somebody probably still has that VHS somewhere, and I would imagine at some point in time in the future, somebody of our generation is going to get their hands on it and actually rip better quality than the person who had a bad tracking problem on their VCR. Uh, I'm not sure about that, because some of it, I don't think all of them were released by Buena Vista. I think some of them were, but not all of them. The first three episodes definitely were. Yeah. These okay. are these magnetic tapes degrade over time, so it's not like you're going to be like dusting off the Ark of the Covenant and, you know, saying, hey, everyone, let's open this up. If you find VHS tapes in someone's attic, they very well could be completely unusable. You could put them... If they get hot, if they get exposed to sunlight, if you just randomly put them next to a speaker of a 1990 uh, caliber, the the magnets from that speaker will yeah fuck up the tape. So I you, mean, you know who ha- you know who else has a lot of degrading tapes? Oh God! Here we go. Trump. Can, yep. Jenny McCarthy. No okay. Trump. Since you were what, talking about earlier. So what movie was it where they went in and they had a they had an electronically powered magnet and they were erasing VHS tapes in like a blockbuster. It was like a nineties movie. Yeah, they had they had like handheld ones was, and they were just like was, running uh, them. Yeah, it was uh Fight Club. Fight Club. Yeah. You're yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. They walked in and they were like Yeah. And also uh Be Kind Rewind, um Jack Black's character accidentally erases all of the uh movies in a rental store so they decide to start yeah. making their own movies um 
and the previews were way better than the actual movie. Until <laughs> Sigourney Weaver shows up and then runs over all of them with a freaking steamroller. Mm-hmm. Damn. Neat. But they um, actually say that even D, uh, DVDs uh, won't last. Like, the best way to actually record media is on um, sandstone tablets. Mm-hmm. And so, in, in my research last night at 3 a.m., um, something that popped up that I don't think I actually wrote down anywhere, and, mm-hmm. and I'm not too sure if this is actually what happened, mm-hmm. um, but somewhere I, I went off on a tangent was reading about the Universal Fire in 2008, and mm-hmm. I believe that some of the mm-hmm. masters were destroyed in the uh, Universal mm-hmm. Fire. Because they, they, they supposedly lost something like 168,000 pieces of work. I'm just going off of you. I know, I do it. <laughs> okay, okay, guys. Stop. You should, Hammer time. Lis- listeners. <laughs> you got me. This is going to be so, nonstop. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, so let's actually get into this episode. Um, I'm supposed to be keeping you guys on track, and I'm actually doing uh, worse. The opposite. The opposite. Yeah. I'm yeah. doing the opposite, <laughs> polar opposite of that. Not mm-hmm. keeping you guys on track. First off, I'd like to point out one of the best tropes out there. We've been hitting on a theme here. Um, which is the grandpa who either makes or comes across some high technology or magical item and then goes on this quest to find someone worthy enough to uh, bequeath that item to. In this case, they were magical shoes that could talk. Uh, We learn all of this because the opening song, we don't need to tell you anything about Hammerman, because the opening song basically just describes ad nauseum everything that you need to know about fucking Hammerman. It goes into excruciating detail about the origin <laughs> yeah. of Hammerman. But in rap, so it's entertaining. Oh, and it is so... The rap is so bad. It's, it's <laughs> like... awful. Yeah. It, it's like a bunch of white tods in a executive boardroom decides to get together and be like, hey, let's make a rap. I'm rapping all day and I'm rapping all night. Rapping to the beat and I wrap it up tight. And then MC Hammer was like, fine, I'll I'll read this, but you guys are gonna pay me a lot. Do you think MC Hammer was like, I'll read this, or do you think that MC Hammer wrote it? Oh, I don't think started, he wrote that. started started rapping it, and then the executives were like, You gotta slow it down, Hammer. The kids can't understand. <laughs> Ooh, you gotta, you gotta slow s- we can't, we can't handle your intensity. We're not ready for the hammer. H- hammer was not like a speed rapper, though. Like so, no, no I don't, I don't he, think he wasn't. Was but he, he did rap faster than this, though. That that is true. But it also brings me to an, another point with the grandpas. What? Why were old people so cool back? Like. <laughs> Because we're old people now, and we don't have magical devices. And, and uh... yeah, I'd like to think that this guy, you know, had his own black exploitation movie of of when he was wearing <laughs> those shoes. <laughs> he was the hero. They need a sequel to Hammer Man, which mm. is they actually it's a prequel See, where they go yeah. and they actually have the pre pre hammered man. I, I actually just assumed <laughs> that uh, Grandpa was Rick James. 
and Hammerman was just you know ripping all of his tracks off. Taking he's well, that's that's harsh on MC because I don't think MC Hammer did he do a lot of sampling. I don't really think so. No, it was really just that one Rick James song. So. Oh, and, and in all fairness, I think he was like the third or fourth uh, uh, yeah. artist to actually sample the Rick James music. So. Now you know what Hammerman did with those shoes. He went over to Rick James's house and said, "Fuck your couch." Okay. Never mind. Um... (laughs) (laughs) For any of you who want to actually watch the YouTube video, we'll uh, have David post a link um, to it. You keep Um... saying shit like this. You keep saying that David's going to post a link. Yeah. There are no links to be posted. You keep making David do bitch work. (laughs) (laughs) So you go to www.youtube.com. Hold on, no, 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 no. It's HTTP. S. S. Colon backslash backslash. Yes, it's cosplay. So, yeah, it's one of the horriblest uh, VHS rips I've seen in a while. Um, It's so been a while. It's so beautiful, though. The way it's degraded and, and how crappy it looks. It feels and, like me. <laughs> degraded and crappy all the time. Yeah. And it, it, it's so, like, spastic and artifacted, and it's always flashing. It's really, like... It's like me, once again. <laughs> <laughs> you just keep on describing me here. You're making me blush. Yeah. yeah Mike, Mike is so artifacted. Yeah. <laughs> and flashy. But, yeah, flashing. it's... It still retains a kind of um, faded beauty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know why I drink Windex? It keeps me from streaking. Okay. <laughs> so, um, Mike, Mike, have you told one original <laughs> joke tonight? Oh, God. Tonight? <laughs> How about have, ever? <laughs> have you not spent enough time around your kids to get all the dad jokes out yet? Hey, why don't you guys shut your blue mountain bean holes? Nice. There we nice. go. Good callback. Call Perfect. There. Solid. We have not done nearly enough Jamaican callbacks. Jamaican Blue Mountain Coffee. <laughs> Where would you need that coffee to pour in your rectum? <laughs> no, you put the beans in your pee hole and smash right. them with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> hammer time! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Guys, stop. Jesus Christ. Hammer time. No, no, no. <laughs> Who, uh, who was here last week? Do, it, were you here, Mike, or was it just... Uh, yeah, I, I've been here oh, for the weren't? past, like, two or three weeks, so this okay. is a good streak. Okay. I've been streaking a lot lately. Oh, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Can you do a callback to a joke that bad? <laughs> I'm doing callbacks to my callbacks. It's like you have the, the power of time traveling and you went back and gave Hitler a big swappy kiss. <laughs> I'm just sad that Derek wandered off and he's not even hearing this. <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize Derek left. Yeah, we're just staring at a quiet. microphone. He probably left after the second joke that you stole <laughs> from another property. <laughs> we jump into a live action scene where we see... Oh, the, the live yeah. action scene. Yeah, yeah. we see a couple live action scenes. That, is the first one where he's talking to the kids? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're all yeah. sitting on a yeah. signal about, about dropout. And we start like, from a long way back. We do a long zoom into these kids. Yeah. Which is hardly even noticeable with all of the tracking errors on the uh, video. MC Hammer's there, and he's rapping with these kids, you know? Sitting and, on the stoop. And, yeah, like like Stephen Colbert raps. Sitting on the stoop of the Oaktown Rec Center. 
the kids are a multicultural lot, but they're pretty street, you know? <laughs> as, as at least how Hollywood studio execs would imagine street kids looking. Right, exactly. Well, yeah. Street kids from the 90s, yeah. Yeah, multicultural street kids from the 90s. Mm-hmm. Everyone's greatest fear. And he tells us essentially the lesson of this episode, which is stay in school. Yeah. Well, I think I think the funniest thing is all these kids are pretty young, so like they're they look like they're elementary school. Yeah, yeah, they're like third, fourth grade. And then we get a live action scene. It's like a testimonial from MC Hammer, who really who really speaks to us, telling us to stay in school. Literally, because he's looking at us and saying to stay in yeah, school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I always find that shit so awkward. Oh, it it makes me my skin crawl. Yeah, it's much better when the South Park kids look at you because you're like, you're cartoons. You're not real. You're not really looking at me. But MC Hammer stared into my soul. And <laughs> it, I, it, it made me want to go back to school right now as a 40-year-old. Um, and then we get into the episodes. Very few cartoons have the balls to open on a scene where a guy just drives up to a policeman and starts screaming fuck at him over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he was saying in German? I don't, I don't think he was speaking German. Yeah. No. All I, all I, wasn't he like, doesn't, like when he laughed, didn't he like actually say like cackle, cackle, cackle or something like that? He said chortle, 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 chortle. That's right. It, it's like. Yeah. Yeah. It's reading um, stage directions. <laughs> uh, it's, it's his favorite, if his favorite kind of a D&D race. The, the turtles. They're a kind of a turtle. Well, that's a type of Pokemon. Yeah, it's a Pokemon. God damn it. <laughs> you're, a, you're a Pokemon. So I think, I think um, Reidenheimer, when he pulls up, he's, he's yelling at the guard, work, 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 but with his German accent. It's, vac, vac, vac. And it right. does sound like he's just screaming fuck at the guard over and over again. And this is the, this is the son of our main villain, I assume. I assume, too. Okay, maybe it'd be good for us to actually go into this, since there is so much that's kind of missing from this cartoon as far as its non-existence in this day and age. There's very little information about it. And usually I do a lot of cheating with this show, and I do a little bit of like research on Wikipedia or like other wiki sites that actually have um, oh, the I, fans I that talk about you. the show. Plus you fuck other podcasts. Plus I fuck other podcasts all the time. There's a lot of information that's kind of missing from this, so I really... I have a few questions. Yeah. What's and I guess the first, the first one that pops up is, is Grindenheimer the main bad guy? And is he, like, consistently the bad guy throughout the series? Wait, his name is Grindenheimer? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the guy in jail was, like, the, the nemesis of the grandpa who used to have the shoes. Oh. And he spends most of his time in jail. Okay. And the son is the nemesis of Hammer. Hammerman. Or, or did Stanley. they just inter- or did they just introduce the sun because we're going to travel in spoilers we're going to travel into the future in this episode. Yeah. I assumed yeah. that that's why he was there. Like yeah. essentially to provide continuity for the whole like right moral message of the show. Well, I think that he's in the opening credits though. So, it would stand a reason that he is a recurring bad Okay. Guy. I didn't I can I can't remember. I didn't see him in the opening in the uh, whole opening sequence. They they give a bomb, a cake to the delivery to the uh, gateman, and um, it has a bomb in it. Clearly, the son drives away, and the bomb goes off and frees his father. Yes, and and this prison is a medieval castle for some reason. Yes, and not a cool one. 
And it seems like the, the bomb blows like a hole out of either side of the castle because we see smoke coming up from both sides of the castle. Yeah, it blows right through. And we pull back. And like bombs do. It just goes straight through both walls. Grindenheimer Sr. runs out and jumps into a bush. So we get the first good glimpse of Grindenheimer Sr. And I am assuming that Grindenheimer is um, actually a Nazi soldier that um, volunteered for some genetic research by Mengele because he has green hands for no reason. He does. <laughs> um, and he, his, he has a quite bold prison suit. The stripes are quite wide to the point where it doesn't really look like a prison suit very much. Um, anyway, he, he starts escaping on what is essentially a big wheel. A big wheel, mm-hmm. yep. Yep. Yeah. yep. There's one little oh. bit. Um, I think you and I are going to handle the same thing here. Yeah, where uh, out of the bush uh, pops up the Greek the Greek chorus, which that's, <laughs> is that what we're calling it Greek, Greek chorus with the, which are essentially two fly girls. Yeah, I wrote the same thing. I was like the exposition team, the exposition twins. Yeah, who are they? Are they actually the rap version of a Greek chorus? Oh, I thought they were the uh, black exploitation version of the Godzilla fairy twins. <laughs> they were just essentially their backup dance. So I just went and rewatched the opening. One, Grindenheimer is not in it. Uh, there are a couple generic <gasps> oh, looking okay. bad guys, but there's not Grindenheimer. Uh, but the backup dancers slash fly girls from In Limited Color are. So they are reoccurring characters. Um, wh- whether they essentially fill the role of Greek chorus or they're just <clears throat> the backup dancers slash singers who push the plot. Well, the thing about Hammerman is he doesn't appear to be a musician. He no. he appears to be a superhero. When he's in Hammerman form, or when yes. he's in right, yeah, yeah, whose powers are completely musical based. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. He's not a musician because every time he's out of it, he's like going to the gym and shit. He's like, I'm going to the basketball gym. Well, it seems like he's yeah. almost more like a uh, I don't want to say social worker, but like a. Um, a volunteer for like uh, the rec center, yeah, is what I what I gathered. Like he he's like a a mentor, like a big brother type thing. Now I do want to point out that the fly girls actually. I, I thought this was going to be an ongoing theme, so I started a count, but I only got to one. Um, but they do say stop, hammer time, mm. and okay. I was and like, they yes. They yeah. only did it once, I know. So I only got yeah. I only got one drink out of the whole episode, <laughs> and and not a sip. I actually just you know guzzled it. Right, you knew you weren't going to get more. At, at any rate, Hammerman confronts the our villain. I'm sorry, Mike. Do you want to take this? I'm I'm yeah. taking over. You go ahead. Yeah. So he confronts the villain and shoots. I think they are they're not quarter notes. I think they're eighth notes. Um, <laughs> but the he shoots notes from his fingertips which does something to the bad guy that basically turns the uh big wheel that he's riding on into a looney tune uh-huh. that swings the bad guy around like a pinata and then uh brings him right back to prison yeah now i'll tell you hammer man is like a wordsworth that <laughs> is kind of almost cooler than Wordsworth. What? Well, I, I would say that Hammerman is the answer to the question that nobody asked, which is, <laughs> what happens when you combine Wordsworth with the mask? 
Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, I do like that you can't rhyme unless you're also breakdancing at the same time. Yes. Hey, were you breakdancing right now? Because you just rhymed. Oh, I, I should have also just, I realized that you, you can't uh, rhyme. Wait, oh, I forgot what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I lost it already. I'm it, sorry. It was, it, you know, inspiration uh, just turned into perspiration on me right now. Um, <laughs> I'm just in a cold sweat because I forgot my lines. The, but here's another thing. The, the Exposition Twins, the Greek choir, do we want to call them the Fly Girls? Because I feel like that's kind of doing them a bit of a disservice. Yeah, I'd say yeah. Ex, the Exposition Twins. Um, that's too hard to say. They they jumped in and they actually um, bricked up the hole in the side of the um, prison. Mm-hmm. So they are actually affecting the plot to a certain extent. Is that... Did... Greek choirs typically do that. Because from my understanding, Greek choirs just sort of like stated exposition, what the actors were feeling, and set the scene, but didn't necessarily actually affect plot. No, because they would do it if it was like a fact complete. Like if it was essentially already solved, they would be there like to do something like brick up the hole or something where it's like okay. clearly he's already returned to jail this problem is solved and 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 completing the solution is just a formality or a or a um you know just kind of like a loose end essentially yeah just, essentially just, yeah okay okay so they are very much like the greek choir because that's pretty much the only thing they've really done to affect the plot in the entire episode so i can completely see them like in the pitch meeting with uh with mc hammer i'd be like yeah and your and your fly girls they'll be like the greek chorus (laughs) and for some reason i don't think that that was part of the pitch and hammer is just like hammer's just like what the fuck are fly girls (laughs) racist fucks (laughs) yeah so with the bad guy put away his uh shoes we now find can talk um with comically uh, goofy voices, like so, time to like do the, the the thing with the thing. I don't know, Stanley. Is that what you want to really do? Wow. Yeah, there's like <laughs> there's like an optimist shoe and a pessimist shoe. Oh yeah, that is true. Well, they, there's they a right have, shoe like, and a wrong shoe. Sinister, sinister shoe. Lefty is the optimist. Yes. Well, he's aggressive. He tosses his shoe into his duffel bag that has uh, teeth that are going to like consume the world. Um, well, he doesn't. He doesn't toss them in. He opens the duffel bag and they, they the hop in readily, yeah. in, and they jump in. This is the scene where I knew we were in for something special. Yeah, like I didn't realize that the shoes talked for some reason in the opening, yeah. and I was like, "Yes, this is this is this is the right thing for yeah. us." This is the this is the show that we deserve, huh? Yeah. Well, and we we find out that Hammerman's uh, true identity is Stanley, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stanley Burrell, which is MC Hammer's real name. So we know that he is in fact a proxy for Hammer. Yeah, yeah, and he works at the rec center or has to go to the rec center to teach yeah, basketball, recharge his shoes. It's not clear if he works as like a counselor or like a community outreach person, but he's certainly doing that. Yeah. He runs off to the rec center and we get to see the building where clearly 
whoever was in charge of graphic arts and design ran out of room when they wanted to write rec center so <laughs> they they wrote wreck and then sn-n-n-n-n-n-n-n-n. so th- this is another billards situation yeah it's billards it's yeah, billards all over, over again, again. <laughs> so we, we we go to the oakton wreck general um and we get to meet uh the topic of this episode which is a, a what's his name Darrell. Darrell. Daryl? Daryl. 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 Yeah. <laughs> and so this is the point in the episode where it lost me because <laughs> <laughs> the, the total unrealism here. I, I'm just... This is the part where it lost you? Yeah. It, yeah. This part right here? Yeah. Specifically? This is, this, is, this leads to another question that I had that I wasn't able to find an answer for. Um, but I think that we can kind of infer it. Was this animated in the U.S.? Because uh, this is a DIC production. This is a Dick production, and they were pretty good about offshoring their animation. Yeah, to Japan yeah. and Korea. Korea mostly. Yeah. I, I mean, it might be they might have done the keyframes here and then done all the animation in Korea, but probably not. Probably everything was done in Korea. Okay. Now, do they at least send the cells to? to Korea or do they just say I want you to animate like what you think basketball players look like and I want you to you know I don't know I feel like that would be like keyframing in the states where they like do you know several key key frames and then they do everybody does in betweening in Korea so so that that would that would make a lot more sense because they did get um uh, cameraman down pretty well as MC Hammer. Well, I'm, I keep saying MC Hammer. I believe at this point in time in his career, he is just Hammer. Um, it, it, has he not been promoted to MC? No, he was MC no, Hammer. No, he started MC Hammer, and, and then, then he, he became Hammer. Yeah, yeah, he dropped he dropped MC to become Hammer. He was the MC formerly known as Hammer? I think, I th- in, I think you're right, I, Adam. I think MC Hammer was like first album, and by this point in time, it was second or third where he was just Hammer. Just hammered, yeah. And this is yeah. when he was on, starting to wane a little bit before he got into like his attempt at gangster rap. Before he actually so cool. Pushing. At any rate, I, Mike, I agree with you in the like. So this episode, this the writing in this episode is like ham-handed. It is so heavy and blatant and unsubtle. And, and it it deals with tough issues in the dumbest, most straightforward way possible. What what I was going to say was Hammer is a big enough uh, celebrity at this point in time that pretty much everybody knows what he looks like around the world. So it would stand a reason that they would probably be able to nail his look pretty spot on. But the um, basketball player, Kevin Johnson, his animated version looks nothing like him in real life. Why is his head so tiny? That's, yeah, that's kind of my point. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyways, Daryl wants to be a professional basketball player. He doesn't want to be in school anymore. And he dreams about going to be a professional basketball player and riding around in a limo that is literally just all engine. And we we did you, miss one important part, though. Oh, okay. Go back and rewind. Sorry. Grindenheimer? When the younger Grandenheimer got thwarted by Hammer, he said that he will get his revenge 
Oh, yes. He's going to yeah, spend yeah. the next 20 years building up his evil plan. Well, so of course, I mean, he squares revenge. I think I think we can safely assume after every time we see a villain, then the I next scene is just him squaring revenge. Mm-hmm. But he does say specifically 20 years. And I think it's important. Very specifically, that. yeah. Because whenever I swear revenge, I always say, in 20 years, yeah. I will have my revenge. I have a perfi- precise timeline. Well, that's what I used to say. I used to say that in high school all the time. So, mm-hmm. so where are you when now I- with your revenge plans? When I kicked you in the face, I was like, in 20 years, I will have my revenge on you scuffing my shoe with your teeth. I will subject you to watching horrible YouTube videos. And I'm cackle, a man! Cackle every time you say bad jokes. And chew loudly with ice. It's chicken. I'm eating chicken right now. Chicken. chicken. So, so, yeah. He's going to be a pro basketball player, and... Um, he pulls up in a Honda Civic back with a V40 engine, um, and the chauffeur looks like uh, he's got a Nazi SS uniform <laughs> on or something. It's just, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's, it's something in between a chauffeur's outfit and uh, those pants that have those, like, triangle hip displacers <laughs> triangle campus placers. uh any stanley literally pops his dream bubble stanley's like what are you doing here why aren't you at school and daryl says i'm bagging that lame scene mm-hmm. and stanley's mm-hmm. like what the fuck are you talking about which indicates that stanley has to have the hammerman persona up in order to understand kids lingo for the day because <laughs> Stanley lacks the cool factor that Hammerman has. Wow. Yeah. And then Daryl proceeds to do some of the most lame layups I've ever seen as he's frolicking <laughs> around like <laughs> babes in the woods. I'm going to raise the issue here, Mike, and that is Daryl's white. Oh, boy. Oh, are you are you saying white men can't jump? No, 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 no. Larry Bird was, I think, eight the, feet tall. The only white person that could play basketball back in the nineties. There's, there's still you know white players, but but not back in the nineties though. <laughs> yeah, not, there's not a in the nineties to unwrap what he just. That said was the eighties because I shit. had an Atari game of Larry Bird. Not in the not in the nineties, Austin. When when was the Dream Team? Was that like ninety two? Was 92. 92. Because that was like the last time Larry Bird played, wasn't it? Was it? One of. Yeah, it was one of one of his last appearances. I, I don't know anything about basketball. Well, it, this, this, sh- this show is driving home the point that white men can't jump. There is that. But he is determined to drop out of high school and become a, a professional baller. And uh, uh, Stanley is determined to show him the, the errors of his ways. So he brings in a actual professional baller. Kevin Johnson, uh, two-term uh, mayor of Sacramento, uh, Democrat. He's uh, mayor of cool. Sacramento from 2008 to 2016. He played for the Phoenix Suns, the Cleveland Cavaliers. He was a three-time NBA All-Star and born in 1966. <laughs> Now, Damn. was his number actually seven? Because I thought that was Michael Jordan's number. I don't know. <laughs> Why did you think it was? I, I okay. did cursory Wikipedia searches. Come on, man. 
I don't know anything about basketball. Did they have numbers? No. Nobody had numbers. It was a fucking free-for-all out there back in the 80s. They were allowed to have knives, too. That would be <laughs> I would watch that. I would watch that. That would be sick. As long as the blade is under three inches. <laughs> yep, that's right. So, but, so they, they tried to convince Daryl that he needs to stay in school, um, and he wants an autograph, but he has to do a multiplication problem to get that autograph. And yeah, it, it's also a weird. It? It's also a weird ca- callback to Carmen San Diego, where he wants his hat to be signed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that is weird. Yeah. But it's what? What's the math problem there, Mike? It's like twelve like, times fifteen or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm not getting that shit signed. <laughs> you would have been like, fuck that. Well, you fuck you. Fuck your signature. Fucker. Yeah, fuck off. I don't know. I don't even really care about basketball. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Nice, nice. Uh, so, yeah, but true to being a, a little shit, he doesn't listen to Stanley. He doesn't listen to the professional basketball player or his parents well, or his teachers. He's like, well, fuck the, you The all. professional basketball player actually had the best bit of advice for him, which was, he was like, so, uh, what makes you think you're going to be able to play pro basketball? Oh, because I'm the best, because it's my destiny, because I'm the best person at basketball in the neighborhood. And... Mm-hmm. The basketball player is like, so is about a thousand other people do. Mm-hmm. You realize it is you like you ain't a nobody. long shot for anybody to get into this. And I felt like that message in and of itself was the most important one for this entire show. The fact that it's like, you're, you're not sti- special. Hmm. You're not destined to do something. There's a high likelihood and probability that you're not going to succeed at the thing you really want to do. So have a backup plan. You're statistically insignificant. Which I thought was a fantastic message. This this is when I was like, this is actually a pretty good show. I'm liking it. Yeah. Because so it just shits on the dreams of the young children. The dreams are shat. Well, then it's also just like, you're not necessarily special. Be prepared yeah. to fail. And I feel like there's so much, so much media and so much that gets crammed on kids' throat that's just like, you can do anything. Just set your You're mind to special. it. special. Yeah, exactly. That it's good to have like a refreshing, you know what? There's You're not fucking special. Seven billion people in the world. Maybe try to figure things out a different way or have a few different plans to work on. You suck, kids. So Daryl storms <laughs> off like a little snot-nosed brat. And uh, it cuts to them going... Well, just like every human, nobody likes being told that they are not meaningful. That they <laughs> yeah, exactly. are worthless. <laughs> That's no. not a very persuasive argument. I mean, it logically makes sense, but it's not. it puts the person who's hearing the point down. Uh, and yeah. it puts them on the defensive immediately, yeah. Yeah. So he storms off and goes and talks to the water boy. That's his friend Nate. <laughs> yep, his friend Nate and... His friend Nate says he'd be a, he'd rather be a water boy in the pros than a water boy in some dumb something or other. I don't know the video cut out because it's such a good quality rip. <laughs> yeah, this is when the tracking got really bad and like the entire screen just disappeared. Yeah. So, but we do get to see uh, Grandpa and Stanley staring at them from a window, very Batman esque, just like almost yeah. like from the rooftops, just like sitting there spying on them. 
But Stanley it's... lives like next door to these people. And Grandpa was totally like looking at Hammer Man going, Where's Jody? Well, it's like, you know, if he if Daryl drops out, it'll start an epidemic, you know, because if one fucking snot nosed kid drops out of school, everyone's gonna suddenly get the idea that it's cool to drop out. Well, yeah. I think yeah. Why do you think he's talking to fucking six like sixth graders? Don't drop out. Don't drop yeah, out. You'll, you'll, th- you'll start an epidemic, and that's how COVID got started. <laughs> yeah, kids Grandpa, dropped out. Yeah. I think Grandpa was trying to basically intonate that um, Daryl was actually such a charismatic and widely loved fella mm. that what he does, others will emulate. There you go. Yeah. The tall nail gets hammered down. So then the shoes pop out for their um, second debut and says uh, something very profound, which is that they should take a look at what the future holds. That's when we learn that they have the power to travel into the future for no reason. So the writers basically got together and were like, Hey, Benny, how do we get this kid to stay in school? We send him to the future. Then he yeah. could see his life and see what it was like without him going to school. It's genius. The grandpa has a, a a word of warning that with great power comes great responsibility. Ludwig von uh, electric guitar uh, guitar um, comes along with his broke ass synthesizer, speaking some kind of foreign language here. <laughs> now, now frequency jugulator modulators not outputting blah 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 blah. I'm just a keyboard player. I don't know words like this. And Daryl actually uh, shows up and saves the day by somehow knowing that the wires are crossed. Um, because, yeah. you know, all, all basketball players know how to remodulate synthesizers. Well, they, they had to show that Daryl had another skill besides basketball. Yeah. He had talent, yes. So he has circuitry and electrical engineering as a high schooler, but can't do simple math. I mean... Well, he does the, the you know, you never cut the red wire. Ever. I yeah. Mean, it's the power wire. That's why That's we only have that one red wire in the entire world. We've never been able to cut other smaller wires from it. Off of it. Well, yeah. you could strip it and, like, connect it to other wires. But It'll know. It'll it. know that it was so. a red wire in a previous life. Can't cut it. You can't cut this. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. Daryl's going to be taken back to the future. Uh, yes. I don't think Actually, it's the it's... future. You get taken to the Jetsons. So, if we're going to talk about this, well, first they got to do the little dancey dance, tappy tap with the shoes, and it spins around and sucks them into the year. Dun, dun, dun. 2012. 2012. Yes. In our long distant past. Let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. I Ten not, years ago. I have not 20 been years this, in the future. I have not been this disappointed in 2012 since <laughs> I watched that John Cusack movie. <laughs> Apparently, cars could fly in 2012, much like mm-hmm. they could in 2015 with Marty McFly, and um, that lame-ass limo still is there, so that actually did occur in the future. Um, and uh, they're at a, uh, a basketball game that is titled, Yes, It's Tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I think 20 years is probably the wrong time frame. For what they're going for. 
because he wouldn't still be like a major basketball player. He's retired. Uh, that yeah, yeah. He'd so be he's in his, what like, late thirties. Yeah, like he would be like one of the. He'd be considered in the greatest of all time conversation if he was playing in his late thirties. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. in in any sport. Like if you're you know up there in age. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, because yeah. I remember they 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 were always making a big deal about some of the um, soccer players on the Sounders team. Um, they were like in their mid to late thirties, and it's like. Mm-hmm. Holy cow! They're still playing. They're still running. Mm-hmm. Their their joints and muscles still function. <laughs> they have, they have tendons. Mm-hmm. So never yeah. cut the red tendon. Never. <laughs> no. no, always cut the other colored ones. First. Yes, blue first, and then if that doesn't work, you, you work your way down, but never the red. And MC MC Hammer and Daryl go and talk to the basketball player who gets out of the limo, and they realize it's not Daryl. And when and, they talk to him, he says, "I never heard of Daryl. I have yeah, no idea who you're talking about." I think Hammerman knew what was going to happen, but Daryl was disappointed. We're shocked. Shocks. Yeah, Shocking. I think it, 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 they do seem to infer that Hammerman does know what the future is, yeah. and yet he had, does isn't aware of what happens. Well, that's because well, they magic also never shoes. went to the future. They 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 had well the magic shoes tell him a little bit but he never actually had firsthand knowledge of the future and I was thinking it would be really funny is if they went to the future and like it turns out Daryl's actually like Jeff Bezos yeah <laughs> like he jumped out of school and like started a crazy business idea and now he's it's the a end of hot tub time machine yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. Lou. yeah. <laughs> and well. and Lugal the less the rest of the episode is just hammer Google Maps just hammer goes back goes back to his normal time and he's just drinking. Just like, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. what? I don't understand it. So, anyways, after they find that Daryl is a nobody, uh, well, not yet. They just don't. They they know that he's not a basketball player. We get a glimpse of Baron von Bad Guy with the same haircut that I had in high school. Um, me, me except too. it was orange. Yeah, yeah, every yeah everyone had that like butt style haircut where it's parted down the middle because people thought it was cool until they look at the pictures. Oh, it's coming back. Oh yeah, God! Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna be cool again, guys. Where you shave the sides of your head and you just have that like hair on top fall over onto the side of your head. Yeah, limply. It's rad. Yeah. So he, uh, Ludwig von Bad Guy, says, "I could finally even the score," because um, he just happened to be looking out the window of his insanely big bad guy. Uh, headquarters and sees Hammerman just sitting there in the street so it must be a really small town we find future Daryl and future <laughs> Daryl is still wearing the same shirt after 20 years yes. Yes. He just, the, he's the lost some muscle and he's gained a beer gut and, and he has like three hairs shirt, sticking out of his gigantic chin and the, the shirt it has a bunch of holes in it and instead of wearing the gym pants that go along with the shirt he's wearing jeans uh, and he can't get a job in construction because they're only hiring high school graduates. The the lowest kind of job that there is in the nineties, and, and the lowest job there is. <laughs> God, they probably make a significant amount more than most people. Yeah, um, they do very well. <laughs> the this this is the part where I got a little bit lost because Daryl had already shown that he was a whiz with electronics. And essentially what they're trying to, like, highlight and point out here is that he never actually pursued a career 
with electronics or in construction or any type of like he, he just vocation where hoops. he would use his hands. Yeah. But the thing is, is all of those are vocations. And a lot of those are still done through apprenticeships, which just means that he needs to find an electrician who he can work with, who would basically apprentice him and just get him his certifications. Whoa, whoa, whoa. It's not that easy, Adam. You may not have spent, you know, two summers uh, in construction like uh, Matt and Jay and... Uh, David and you. Yeah. Yeah. They actually... um, We made more as uh, basic laborers than the apprentices did, and they had years to to do that. And... um, they would constantly shit on us puppies that were, you know, getting paid fifteen dollars an hour to dig holes and trenches while they're making like what was it, like five or ten dollars an hour because they were privileged, like they they had the privilege of being an apprentice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they were also like building their careers out. So once they actually got their apprenticeship done, and they became, I don't know, they still call them journeymen now. Once yeah. they actually like got through the apprenticeship, then they would be able to essentially make whatever it is that they would make from running their own business Mm -hmm. so like really what it comes down to is like he just needs to be charismatic enough to find an electrician who will apprentice him and they've already stated that he is so charismatic that kids would follow him if he dropped out of school so there's not really a problem here they also clearly you know established that he's stubborn as fuck and only wanted to play hoops well, and he also can't do simple math. So and he can't do simple when math. When an electrician's so it talking matter, yeah. to him, he's like, hey, what's 12 by 15? And he's like, fuck you, old man. Yeah, and we'll, we'll find out. Elsewhere. We will actually find out more um, in the next scene, um, which after he gets turned away from the construction job, he goes to see um, one of his old friends, Jody. Well, well no, wait, let, let's, let's go back to when he's talking to Nate, because uh, okay. the old version of Nate is there. And holy shit, it's bubbles from the wire. <laughs> Good call, David. Which, All right. Which means that Daryl is Bubbles' friend that gets the shit beat out of him. Oh, oh yeah. man. Yeah. Well, I want to rewatch yeah. The Wire now. Yeah. That's what I'm doing tonight. Just a like a palate Strike cleanser. A <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just a little oh, yeah, uh, light li- watching before uh, before going to sleep. So, they walk over to Jody's art supply. And uh, Hammerman says, well, at least someone's doing well. Jody stayed in college. Um, and this is the greatest shade that I've ever yeah. seen cast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, when I watch this, I'm like, oh, God, Matt, you poor soul. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Go for it. She realized you, you feel like she would the never... was talking at Matt. <laughs> she, yeah. she was talking at Matt. Oh, she would never make a fortune off of selling patents, so she had to do something worthwhile to fall back on. So now she owns a business because <laughs> that she keep, teaches she, kids to draw. She teaches kids to draw because any yeah. true artist is not going to sell fucking paintings. They're going yeah, to. I mean, just just like every every mathematician, anyone who goes to school to study math doesn't do math they either teach or go on to be an engineer or do something more creative with their time so well there's not much call for for like math as a profession anymore like you don't need a guy to just yeah. do math you for computers. you you actually yeah, have a computer computer mechanical computer yeah so, so yeah i was like ouch man so you can't make a living doing art Again, yeah, I mean, though, this this goes back to me just it, it was throwing shade, but also just like how fucking practical this is. It's like, yeah, not everybody makes it as an artist. The likelihood of you making it as an artist, not necessarily that great. Yeah, give so up. Have a backup plan. Yeah, give up. <laughs> give up. Give up yes. on your dreams. 
here's another. But it, it does go to bring up a good point because, like, um, you know, my dad was a like I would always sell it as my dad was a mechanic, and I was always selling it wrong. He was he, yeah he learned to fix cars and be an auto mechanic, but he was a business owner and he started a business fixing cars and that's how he made the money is entrepreneurship. And maybe that's like the hidden lesson is that even if you're good at something, unless you can capitalize on it because capitalism is the key to <laughs> wow yes yeah it's when, it, where, it, where did we just re- it leverage it so seriously so. this is a hidden like i i picked up on this seriously oh, yeah. like dark undertones which is the capitalistic un- like are we on fox business right now yeah the, the, the mad they're money like you know right? even if you have a trade unless you start a business and find a way to exploit it and and have workers and then sell it and you know do stuff like that then you're not going to be successful that's what i picked up from it at least Uh, so okay our wall street that's so this whole cartoon is just um uh hammers uh to forward hammers conservative agenda yep yeah pretty much nice Mm -hmm. well I, i do like the fact that he really was like Jody studied art in college and business. Mm-hmm. So it's really just saying whatever you want to do, study the thing you want to do and business on yeah. top of that. If you want to pl- if you if you like playing piano and you can play piano really good, then study music in college and business and then open up a piano store. <laughs> so you can get ripped <laughs> off by Trump. So then, yeah. then you can sell pianos and play piano in your so free you can get time. Ripped off by Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, ah, the lucrative piano business. Yeah. I am a startup pianist. Yes. So Jody wants to throw uh, Daryl a bone, though. So she's like, hey, you're really good with electronics. Why don't you come fix this futuristic car? That <laughs> why don't you come fix this automated flying car? Yeah. Now, why does a Color We Mind store need three delivery vehicles? That oh, don't work. True. Yeah. <laughs> She infers that these three are broken, and she has others that do work. Yeah, she just keeps buying a new one. Well, I think it's really just—it's just stating that uh, automated flying cars in the future are just so ubiquitous that it's easy to just purchase a new one and throw the old one away. She just didn't want to be wasteful and throw the old ones away, so she was like, "You know what? My old meth head friend Daryl, who likes to take (laughs) electronics apart, can stop by and work on these." When he gets super fucking methed up, all he does is take apart the uh, the oven. So, like, <laughs> steals the copper out of it and sells it for scrap. But like my dad used to say, that in the future, people always need their uh, their toilets unclogged. Uh, they'll always need their cars fixed and something else that I don't remember. But it uh, goes back to that that you know, even if she's got this very successful business selling art. She's still got a car that needs to be fixed. And um, he makes the wise decision to push the big red button on the is front it, of the car. Is yeah. MC Hammer your dad? Uh, I don't think he was. Okay. Why? What, what's your checking. hypothesis? <laughs> I don't know. Why, why do you think he is? He, he, he seemed to have learned a lot of lessons from this cartoon. I, I learn lessons from every cartoon that we have to watch. <laughs> or... <laughs> Or it's, was Mike's dad secretly a writer? 
for uh, Hammerman. I, I feel like the only way that this could be more painful is if you shot me into space and made me watch these on a defunct <laughs> space station with robots that oh, I put together um, with parts from uh, the space station. That's literally that's like, literally like Bezos's fondest dream. <laughs> <laughs> no, he likes being on Earth with his his harem money. and his money and his vault that he probably swims around in. But no, I, I do like the fact that the big red button underneath the hood of the car is what turns the car on. Yeah, it, it was it wasn't working, but you push the button yeah. and now all of a sudden it starts working. And then we get the uh, Greek opera singers uh, Greek jumping course. back into the scene. The fly girls, mm-hmm. the future exposition twins. And and here's when I had a, had a question: Did the exposition twins follow them into the future, or are the exposition twins? manifestations of Stanley's subconscious yeah. that only pop into existence when he has a hard time controlling the shoe's godlike power. And no, 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 no. It's no, no. Let's, let's not... twins that ground him and they act almost like a failsafe to ensure that Stanley doesn't just start destroying everything. Yeah. No, no. I'm going to stop. Hammer time. I see where you're going to go here and it's not the time for the one universe theory. So <laughs> let's Let's stop you right there. Um, I was, I'm with you, I, Adam. I, I think that yeah. the orac- that, that they transcend time. They are like oracles, and mm-hmm. they pop okay. in and out of existence okay. as the plot dictates that they need to explain something to us. My qu- my question is: Whose hallucination are they? Mm. The viewer. Are they are they Stanley's hallucination, or are they are they the shoes? Interacting with Hammerman or the shoes, yeah, right. Or are I they think like the fly the, girls? Are, are like part the, of the shoes? Yeah, they're like the yin and yang of the shoes. They're like those. Those are the shoes's uh, other halves. Yeah, and I, I still like the idea of them being like fail safes, though. Like they're there to basically like, like just be like, no, no, bring your attention back here. Bring your attention back to the to the real. Don't don't go drifting off into like some sort of uh, fifth, sixth, seventh dimensional state. Because you have your god shoes on, Stanley, you got to stay here. You got to stay grounded. Right, or maybe just Stanley's like he's got that set up as a cantrip. He's got like summoned familiar as a cantrip, and when he puts his shoes on, they just it's just automatic. They it's just, just automatic. get summoned. Yeah. yeah. You know what just gave me chills though? Do you know what the character's name in the mask was? Stanley. Stanley. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. You just now got that. Well, I just wanted to vocalize it on into the microphone. Yeah, so, we, so that he we, knew it. He just wanted to make sure we knew it. Yeah, I yeah, wanted to make sure that yeah. our listener knew it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so Hammerman uh, gets the warning from the oracles, and uh, he jumps up, and it makes a sound that I swear I heard in Ghostbusters because they probably were using the same soundboard and. Um, Probably. Magical like um, notes came from his shoes instead of his fingers this time that magically stopped the car. And I, I got a little bit uh, concerned at this point in time because the shoes made a big deal about how they barely had enough energy to come back from the future last time they time traveled. But then Stanley is just sort of hammer man or shits or rather is just using all the shoe energy yeah, whenever he wants to. I never saved anything for the swim back. It's not really clear how, if the shoes de- get depleted, but 
later we find out that energy can be sucked out of them. They can, they can go to like a percentage of their power. We see the the exposition twins. They get saved by these musical instruments. But this is like the the only time watching this episode that I wanted to have a clear picture because I really wanted to see if the exposition twins were like old women now, or mm-hmm. if they were still like young and vibrant the way they were in the quote unquote present. And you can't really tell because the the quality of the uh, recording is just so bad. M- moving, moving along in the plot. <laughs> we get we get to one of my favorite parts actually, where Grindenheimer propositions Daryl. Yep. It basically comes up and is like, nobody loves you, nobody wants to work with you, nobody wants to give you a job. You should join my evil group of thugs. Yeah. Here is a complete, honest, and open picture of exactly what we would have you do in the organization. Yes. You'll be beating people up. You'll be stealing things. You'll be committing these crimes. Arson. It. And I was really just yep. like, now, this guy, Grindenheimer, is like my type of manager, you know? Oh, yeah. He's, he's like super upfront. Super upfront, super upfront, very hands-on. He does all the hiring himself. He doesn't rely on, like, middle managers to hire folks. And he he's like, just... forget to tell you that they don't have a liquor license. <laughs> 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 After I've been drinking there for six straight months. <laughs> One time, it happened one time. Um, he's very he's he's very upfront about the crimes that he will be asking them him to commit. Yeah, and I he, like that. He's though. a very I mean, you go into that job, boss, basically. Yeah. yeah, you go into that job without any sort. There, there's nothing hidden. Like you know precisely what is expected of you at all times. You're not going to have that manager come to you and be like, "Did you do the TPS report?" And you're like, "You never told me to do that." And be like, "That was your job." <laughs> no, instead he's just like you want to join Amazon. That's great. We pretty much built the entire company on slave labor in yeah. the U.S. Uh, we're yeah. going to force people to pee in bottles, and you know, they're going to get the shit shocked out of them when they work through the warehouses. But you know what? We will be getting paid a decent amount of money that you just won't care. Uh, they're they're paid not great. Fifteen dollars an hour is is not fantastic. It's just no, 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 no. I, I no, mean no, the, not those employees. Not those guys. Yeah, it's a, it's. <laughs> Not it's the, the people who work in Seattle. Uh, they get paid a grip of cash, but they're oh, also yeah. they're also worked to the bone too. Like there's essentially no off time at Amazon. But if you want to make that kind of coin, Von Bismarck attacks Hammerman and past Daryl with some sort of flying saucer mobile that sucks up his music and uh, disables it with some sort of like fire whip. Of some kind? Yeah, I think he, he called it something else. He called it like a disco blaster or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It was supposed to be like the opposite music style music or something. Yeah, but the music in the actual show was mixed really low, so you can't hear it. Can't really hear uh, it. Ah, okay. So it, it, he's he's literally using a music-based power. And then he... Uh, cataracts. Hammerman's yeah. music-based power. Yeah. And they tractor, he tractor beams Hammerman up and then into the saucer, and then he goes up and flies off. And leading into all of this, young Daryl just runs up to old Daryl. Mm-hmm. I think he even might might like touch old Daryl, as if oh, nobody prepared him for time travel. Nobody was like, "Yeah, hey, do you remember Back to the Future? Don't oh time fuck cop with future stuff. Do you remember time? Yeah, you remember time cop? If yeah. you touch yourself, you're gonna fucking die. Have you read any science fiction at all? Yeah, 
And, and for, furthermore, for that matter, Hammerman didn't do anything to, like, prep Daryl for time travel. He didn't say, like, oh, by the way, we, we don't belong here. Try to, like, blend in. Don't well, you got you got to take a shit first. People. You know, before you go time travel, you always have to take a shit. Or 12 Monkeys, the series. Because you, <laughs> you, you don't know what that shit will do in the future. I hope that's on the list. Um, gotcha. Oh, you want so, that on the list? Okay. No. <laughs> nice but it was 12 at, monkeys a series it was at the the point right before hammerman gets sucked up um at like 11 minutes into part two that really drives home the point that he's like wordsworth uh if wordsworth knew how to dance because as yeah. hammerman's talking he's doing full-on break dancing yeah and, and and my favorite part is old Daryl basically just looks at young Daryl and says something like, "Forget it, man. Your friend's a goner. Let's go get a drink." Just just like completely writing off Hammerman. And this is when I was like, "Does old Daryl did did old Daryl forget who Hammerman was? Is Daryl actually yeah, he so dumb?" Well, years this is the thing. Now. Is he so dumb that he he doesn't remember this and only has like vague memories that are being pieced together, or is it that he? completely fried his brain on acid and PCP. Well, I have to imagine that Hammerman in this continuity disappeared from the timeline 20 years ago in order to travel into the future. So Daryl didn't disappear and he went with him into the future. Daryl has, uh, Daryl operates under a different set of rules. It's not like people hang on to things from their past, like getting kicked in the teeth 20 years later. So I know know. weird ass. Oh my so, god! So it's it's not like you know Daryl's gonna remember Hammerman from Daryl doesn't remember Hammerman, but he also doesn't remember some some magic dancing man that takes him into the future, or some dancing magical man that used to save him and his fellow friends frequently from being attacked by Nazis or whatever the German bad guys were that terrorized Oaktown. But no, this is this is really what I thought Daryl was actually. I, I, they, he like actually just fried his brain from too many too many drugs from when he was a kid, because that would explain the memory loss. That would explain how he got worse at electronics. It would explain why, uh, like him walking around and like seeing suddenly a man get sucked up into a flying saucer and float off is just sort of like, oh yeah, with, that happened. With perfect form, by the way, isn't it weird that they both got sucked up into that tractor beam as like someone being lifted off the stage in on Broadway, like with like their feet are together and they're just like... It's easy to animate. Yeah, he's, he's or, totally on yeah. a wire. Yeah, 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 yeah. On an animated wire. It, it, I, I would be flailing around and flipping and, you know, but they're just like on a wire just being lifted up casually into this. No, it's, you can't it's see just, it because it's, it's just yellow. Them doing the, it's just them doing the death of uh, Poochie thing where they just pulled the cell up. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, for some reason, uh, well, Daryl and Daryl team up. And then we get a scene oh, where um, Daryl squared. We get a scene where uh, Hammer is trapped in some sort of green beam, and uh, he's catatonic or something. He's like unable yeah, he and unresponsive. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is when the shoes start talking, and the shoes say something along the lines of, "If we don't get back to the past in exactly sixty-four minutes, we'll never get back." Mm-hmm. And I was like. There's another 64 minutes of this? 
Yes. <laughs> it's a beautiful dream. Um, the Daryl and Daryl manage to fix one of the flying vehicles, and uh, they take off to help Hammerman. With Jody. With Jody, yes. Yeah, and uh, we, Jody sees both of them, and she says, I don't care how many of you there are. I think she's kind of like trying to soft sell the idea of a three-way there. Soft sell? <laughs> soft sell? She literally said, she's like, more the merrier. Chortle, yeah, chortle, David, chortle, that's chortle, that's chortle, not a soft sell. Yeah. That is just putting herself out there. Like, yeah. this is this is what I'm into. David, you made me chortle. Are you guys well, into it? I, I feel like Jody was the real hero in this entire episode because she was just like, I don't know where Hammerman came from. I don't know where young Daryl came from. Let's just go and save the fucking people that need to be going, gone and saved. Let's right. This thing. It's almost like uh, time travel only affects Daryl yeah. because the villain is just the son of the previous villain. All the characters we meet are exactly the same. Look, because yeah. Jody, Jody was also the, she was like the daughter of Gramps, right? Oh, well, she's or, the, or granddaughter. the granddaughter. She was the granddaughter yeah. of Gramps, yeah. So she already knows all the magic shit that takes place, so. Uh, okay, she's down. Which might be another reason why she's trying to soft sell the, the threesome. Because she's just like, yeah, time travel happens all the time. If you're time traveling, it doesn't count. So let's just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's not. Variants it's can't. A, it's, not really, it's not really cheating when you have sex with yourself from the future. Yeah, v- yeah. variants can't get uh, people pregnant from other timelines. So Exactly, exactly. Chortle, 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 chortle. Let, let's talk about the robot that has the really cool knee pads. Okay, moving right along. The ex, the extortionator? Is that right? The, no, right. the exertionator. It's the yeah. exertionator. Yeah. Von, yes. Oppen, Von Oppenheimer transfers the power from uh, Hammerman's shoes into a robot. Isn't it Grindenheimer? You keep saying Oppenheimer. I, I know. I, it's, it? I'm doing it because it's funny, right? It's, it's a bit. It's a mm, bit. Not a good bit. Oppenheimer? It's I can't bit, remember his bit. name. Grindenheimer. Grindenheimer. Because he's just grinded it out. Yeah, Grindenheimer. His life grinded of crime did, with the exertion. It didn't pan out, Ooh. so he invented Grinder, and now he's a multi-billionaire. That thing does look like it could smash. It does. <laughs> it, that, okay, that robot? Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> Guys. Stop. Yes. <laughs> Hammer time. Hammer time. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. yes. Um, but it's okay. Daryl, uh, P- young Daryl, finds an electrical um, circuit panel. board, or, or yeah, or panel, and um, mm. he reverses the polarity like it's a fucking episode of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or Ghostbusters. Oh, There's God. that one episode where they reverse the polarity on their uh, packs. Yeah. Yes. Or the 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 but no it definitely is the case because he even says something like is the concept of polarity the same <laughs> let's just do that in the future polarity is different and th- this is when I was like this is definitely Daryl definitely fried himself on drugs because old Daryl's like I have no idea how to use this future technology but young Daryl from twenty years in the past is like future technology that's my speciality right let me flip the switch well I mean I guess. Uh, if we continue on the trend that, of what we've been doing, where technology becomes more and more user friendly, 
future technology could be very easy to use. And then thus it drives home the point that future Daryl just completely baked his brain and the fact that he doesn't know how to use the most user-friendly version of technology <laughs> that 1992 Daryl is like, I've never seen a smartphone, but I know how to use it. Mm-hmm. But we find out at this point in time that the Exertionator managed to get approximately 50% of the shoe power that Stanley had. And in this whole whole ordeal, the shoes took themselves off of Stanley, or off of Hammerman, turning him back into Stanley, to give Stanley a pep talk. And then they jump back onto Stanley to make Stanley Hammerman again before he gets popped out of his little stasis tube where he has to fight the Exertionator. Not just yeah. fight, but dance fight. Dance fight. Yes. Dance and this is when fight. the background music changes to you can't touch this. Yes. Just so that we know that it is, in it's fact, hammer, hammer time. Yep. Yes. They, so that we know that they paid the license fee in order to have the music of this person. Uh, I don't think they did pay licensing fees. If you read the credits, uh, Capitol Records actually supplied the music gratis. What? What? Really? That is the unmost capitalistic thing I've ever gratis. Heard. Yep. Were they just? Were they finally done with paying Hammer at this point? They like, they might have like, been. Fuck it. I'm sure it was. I'm sure it was part care. of the negotiation. I'm sure they probably wrote it off too. They were probably like, "Oh, this would make us ten thousand dollars. We're gonna get a tax write off by yep. doing yeah. an educational show or something like that." So we have the peanut gallery cheering on Hammerman in the most comical way possible. They're like, hey, go, 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 yay, yay. And he's mm-hmm. like, dancey, dance, dance. At one point, he actually grabs a, uh, n- uh, eighth a note, an eighth yeah. note and uh, flings it like a, a boomerang. Um, yeah, this is the this whole sequence. some pretty sick moves. Yeah, this whole sequence is when we know that he's getting off the hook. At this point in time, Daryl asks, old Daryl asks young Daryl and Hammerman to please just go back in time and fix my fucking life already. Yeah. Stop hanging around. Your shoes say it's only got about five seconds before you got to get home. Cutting it kind of close. And when, when, I, when I watched this, I was actually thinking, how cool would it be if Hammerman and young Daryl just stayed there and tried to fix old Daryl's life and all of his missteps? Well, young Daryl went to go play in the NBA and like dusted off old moves that people don't use anymore. To show <laughs> right, how but that's they can the, that's make the it wrong work. message. You can't fix your future in the present. You have to go back into the past to fix your future, so that your present isn't so messed up like your past was in the future. So, anytime <laughs> you mess up in the future, you have to go back into the past to fix it, rather than do anything in the present or the future. So it's the complete opposite of, of what I always say is it's future Mike's problem. I need to start saying it's past Mike's responsibility. It's Perfect. so it's so true, Mike. Perfect. I love it. I he, hope we got that whole thing on there. Gotta live, laugh, love, Mike. <laughs> That's right. Get it, get that shit tattooed as a tramp stamp. That's right. Yeah. Yolo, um, YOLO once. That's right. <laughs> And this this is where I was like totally sold in the series. This is when Hammerman starts spinning to take everybody back to the past, and the shoes start talking to each other. Uh-huh. And they say, okay, we have to remember to change Daryl's memory so he doesn't remember that we're here. And basically saying that Daryl saw that the shoes could talk and was interacting with the shoes along with Hammerman. 
so they had to wipe young Daryl's mind so that he didn't really understand the supernatural aspects of Hammerman. I thought they were doing it so that I thought they were saying that they had to fix it so he does remember everything. No, they, they said they he, they said that he so he doesn't remember anything. We have to fix his memory so he doesn't remember this. Jesus, and, it's, it's kind of dark. Maybe that's why it, no, this is this mind is so exactly, messed up. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is what fucked Daryl in the first place. This is why his memory is yeah. so shot. This Every is why who has a mind wipe always ends up on drugs. This is why and Professor so, X is a bastard. Exactly. So what you're saying is that because Daryl gets mind wiped, it just proves that this is a non-escapable linear path mm-hmm. to trash Daryl 20 years ago. Oh, uh, I mean... Daryl's future is fucked. It is a perfect he can't circle. do anything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we yeah. are all predestined. Our, our, uh, our future is written, and there's nothing that we can do to change it ever. And that's, and that's why Hammerman is the real villain of this series. But, but I mean, th- this is really what sold it for me is, be- is because it really did show that there was a uh, attention to detail. Like, the writers were seriously like, the kids saw the shoes. We got to reset it so that nothing happens. Let's have the shoes say something to make sure the kid's memory is wiped. Write that down, Benny. Well, Got to make sure I, that's I, in there. I think it's a cautionary tale where, you know, Daryl's present and future gets fucked up so that we learn the lesson to stay in school. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, and, talking shoes will mm. come visit you and hook you and on. Take back. you to the future and then wipe, and your, wipe your brain. Yeah. So really, all this is is just a giant acid trip that Daryl went on. They didn't actually time travel. Hammerman doesn't exist. Yeah, for the most part. No. And so but, we get it. We get a final um, uh, yeah. coda from <laughs> from MC Hammer, who reiterates the core lesson that we've learned on this episode which is don't drop out of school stay in school kids oh, as a sixth hold grader on, I, don't, I don't know if you guys caught this though but ha- before they left the future I'm, I'm going back to myself here hammerman looks at jody and says i sure like how you grew up creepy i fucking miss that <laughs> that's awesome not awesome terrible creepy. i just like picture him like it's amazing and like terrible. his lips. Yeah. You think he's like been grooming Jody? Yes. Oh. I think I, I, I actually have that written in here somewhere. Well, then that Adam, totally changes my answer to the would I let my kids watch it now. Adam, what is wrong with our brains? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Daryl gets back in time, talks to Kevin Johnson. Gotta get back Kevin, in time. Kevin Johnson says, what's 12 times 15? And Daryl automatically knows 180, as if just yeah. deciding to go back to school made him smarter. Because I've memorized my 15s times tables. Yeah. yeah. E- either that or, or literally for the last half hour, Daryl's just been trying to figure out that math problem in his head, and he finally got it right <laughs> before they got back. Going to the future taught him common core math, and that's why he was able to do it so quickly. We're, so, we're no, still he's not taking common time. core. Whereas he's, we're still stuck with our timetables. He's taking mm-hmm. the annual achievement right. tests. There you annual go. Achievement tests, that's right. I right. actually looked that up to see if that was a real thing. It, was it? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, A- um, AAT is too benign uh, acronym. It has to be use, something yeah. stupid like SOL. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. This is before SOL, though. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure this is before Well before. SOL. 
Oh. Was that um, actually the name of a test? Yeah, standards of learning. God. Yeah, we, were, we were so shit out of luck. Yeah. Well, well, we well we didn't actually have to be. We weren't actually like graded on that. We were like the pilot. Yeah. We were the uh, test monkeys. We were for the, SOL. Yeah, yeah. We were the we were the last class before they implemented that. Yeah. Um, now was that was that the state test? No, the federal test. It was to determine oh, really? federal funding for private school or for public schools. Yeah, yeah. no kid left behind. We, yeah, so, yeah, D- Derek, you should have been you should have been taking it. Yeah, you should have. You I remember school. taking I remember taking standardized tests, but I I, I thought that they were called. Well, this would have been in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yes. I I would have taken all of them in the second semester of high school. So I would have done all of them in Michigan, and I seem to remember them being called the Michigan something or another's. But then again, I I I, I feel like SOL as a ninth through 12th grader really would have stood out to me and i don't oh. remember them being called that now that's not might have, that might have been two different name. state programs mm. it, that's what i'm saying is how'd you do in your I, I don't know if it was a federal how'd you do in your asvab <laughs> whatever it was <laughs> bro. do you have an asvab bro hey bro how'd you, yeah what'd you how'd you do in your asvab bro yeah isn't that what the enlisted dudes take yeah uh yeah. We took You're supposed in, to take it in high school. It's supposed to be a vocational test yeah. in high school. I, I got a lot of calls from it's, the Marines after that, so I, I have to assume that I didn't do very well on it. No. You ate paste. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure the day that my school was supposed to be taking the ASVAB, or my class in my school was supposed to be taking the ASVAB, I took that day off to come visit you guys up in D.C. Nice. So. Nice. It's okay. You blew off a military test, and it saved you from a tour. Uh, And that's the end of the episode. Yep. I do like the fact that Kevin Johnson signs his name on Daryl's hat, but it's literally like on, like the it's not on the rim, the brim of the hat. hat. Yeah, it's on the hat. It says it's right across the like front of it. It says Jin or Vin. No, no, it's just giant block letters that says that says Kevin. It's not even a signature. <laughs> oh, does. Well, whenever I so sign good. my name, I do big block letters too. <laughs> when I sign my name, I just draw a dick. <laughs> but the important thing is, uh, what Kevin Johnson was born in '66. So, what was he? A 28 year old guy walking off with a 16 year old kid, arm, arm in arm. Okay, coming out of the YMCA. Here we go. Oh, <laughs> Another <laughs> reference to grooming. This was so good. It was so terrible. It was good. This, this was, the, and Matt, I do appreciate the fact that you, you texted us and said, it's not a question as to whether or not we keep this on the show. It's a matter of whether this becomes the show. Yeah. Because this is amazingly terrible. Like this is just like the heart of amazingly terrible. This is like it. I, I feel it like feels this is exactly everything we were looking for. for. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Short run, very very bad pop culture reference cartoons that were just essentially quick cash grabs from like 1985 to 1995. Yeah, that's precisely but, what this show is looking for. But then also and had that's like I, such like a good adult message attached to it too. Right, like the, the whole like. You're not special. Have a backup plan. I don't Make think sure that that keep... good adult message is going to follow us through on all of our amazingly oh, terrible no. shows. No, I don't think it is. 
But you're right on this one. It started out trying to have that South Park morality, you know, stay in school, kids, whatever, G.I. Joe, pork chop sandwiches and all that bullshit. And it turned out to, listen, chase your dreams, but stay in school because you're one of 100,000 and chances are you're not going to play in the NBA. So fucking deal with it, kid. It's the opposite of what we were being told, which is like the future leaders of the world type of thing. Yeah. It's like this is the They're real special. this is the real shit. You're going to be fixing cars. Yeah. Well, and, and the thing is, like this does feel like it was aimed for a younger crowd, a lot like Widget the World Watcher was. Yeah. But I feel like unlike Widget the World Watcher, this actually had a worthwhile message, or the very least had like a well enough thought out message that it actually could be driven home a little bit better to kids, whereas Witch of the World Watcher is really just like, don't worry, kids. Um, something, Somebody magical will come along and fix everything. Yeah, there's an all-powerful genie god who will fix all your problems, just like yeah. Hammerman. They have the same but, power set. But Hammerman doesn't fix their problems, though. Hammerman's just like, see this? This is how your life's going to be fucked up if you don't fix it. Now let's go back. <laughs> it's Christmas Carol-esque. It's like, let me just yeah. show you a bunch sure. of Sure. And and run around, you know. Holy crap! I didn't even think of that. It really is like the ghost of Hammer Future. It is. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like Hammerman is actually doing exactly what you do, Mike. Hammerman's like, okay, be cool and break dance. Yeah. Grind Grindenheimer and all of like the the villains. Those are adult problems. <laughs> these over here, these are the kid problems. I'll let you deal with the kid problems. I'll take care of the adult problems, so you can. Spend the time to take care of the kid problems. And go to school. And go to school, yeah. Go to, go to school. I don't think that this is... Th this show isn't necessarily the heart of our childhood as much as it is, like, the musk gland of our childhood. It it's just, terrible. I mean, like... squirts out that fluid that just, you know, <laughs> rem I, I, reminds <laughs> you why you never want to go back and near it ever again. I, I think... Yeah. I think that this is what adult Adam would want his childhood to have been about. But I think when I was a kid, I would have fucking hated the show. Like, I would, oh, I would, no. I it's terrible. Close to it. Yeah. It's terrible. It, it deals with the like this topic in such a poor way. I think we need to reboot this show with Drake. Ooh, MC Drake? <laughs> MC Drake. Draker Man. Just... Even better, just do it with Kanye. Just yeah. throwing down the rhymes. Kanye man. It, it would be Kanye man just talking about how he like invented the future and yeah. how like his lyrics changed the world. And it would just be like MC Kanye man just like taking kids to the future and be like, look, I brought this world into existence. Yeah, and, and he just um, leaves them there, and, and he goes leaves back them in there. time, gets more kids, bring them to the future. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah his grandfather gave him a magic bipolar condition. <laughs> yes, hey, kids, I I'm gonna let you finish, but but first, you got to see the future. I'm gonna leave you your, your ass there. Uh, poor man, poor Hammer Man. Yeah, no, no, poor poor Kanye. He desperately needs help, but nobody's gonna give it to him. And it's got to come from yourself. Ooh, true change comes from within. Nice. Mm, that's Ooh, why I'm that always goes. pooping quarters. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was just because you ate so many dollar bills. Chortle, 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 chortle. <laughs> chortle, chortle. Uh, anyway, 
it's it's beautiful like the the uh when the uh when the sneakers started talking or when the shoes started talking that was just like okay we're this we're gonna do it and then they're like casually like yeah we we can travel through time and we're gonna do it i'm like yes yes yeah uh, oh, absolutely absolutely yeah well, and, and I, I like the fact that like you had grindenheimer doing something and then it cuts to uh stanley going to the rec center talking to this kid and i was like wait this 30 minute cartoon seriously has a b plot yeah there's an a plot and a b plot that's going to come together holy crap this is like so some advanced story writing deep it's insane but it's advanced story writing <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's I mean, it's clear that the A plot was written by executive committee. (laughs) (laughs) It's Adam said it earlier. There's things that they were very, very conscious about, like having continuity and attention to detail. And then there were other things that were just completely, there were huge holes. Yeah. Hmm. We're just throwing in there. So I I think that you're right. There was, there literally was like a committee that was like, this is what we're going to do with this. And then they had like one good writer on the team that was just like, "Well, fuck! How am I going to make all this work?" Yeah, all I got right, I got to weave in some in. of this I'll other stuff. This. Yeah, and use some of these characters who are actual characters instead of a super genie who solves all problems. Mm-hmm. Um, it really sweetens the bouquet of this episode that you told us that this is lost media, David. This is we don't deserve this. This is too good for us. Yep. Well, here, I wouldn't say it's too good for us. Let, let me but it's let me throw it down. Perfect. Let me throw it down here. Okay. Yo yo yo! When life gives you mishaps, you could solve it with some sweet raps. Thank you. Oh my God! Just you. choke yourself. <laughs> like, thank you. I, I was point, David Carradine. <laughs> I, I you needed to do around. it with the Wordsworth voice. What are you doing? Come on. I'm doing the hammer man. Voice. Yeah, he's he's hammer now. I'm hammering. No. I'm hammering it out. Your hammer work. <laughs> Hammer's worth. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going back and I'm looking at the episode list. And we have the first three episodes of Hammer Man were released on VHS. The fourth episode was found, but it is a Polish voiceover. The fifth episode, Nobody's Perfect, was also found. Episode uh, six was found, but is badly damaged with staticky audio. Uh, I think that's seven, this one? Or? That's this one, yeah. Or? So this was technically episode six, not episode seven. Um, episode seven is a finished translation. Episode eight is finished. Episode nine is finished. Episode 10 is a Latin American Spanish translation. <laughs> it's only partially well, preview. Yes. Oh, that's not the whole, that one next. That's not the whole episode. That's just the preview. It's, oh, oh yeah, it's so it says, awesome. It says it was partially found, yeah. And then 11, oh. 12, and 13 were, are all lost. And from what I understood, the first 10 were actually released by the network. The last three were shot and produced, and everything was fine, but they never actually released them. So that's Ooh. the reason why nobody has like a home VHS recorder. Oh my god, it's so delicious! It's like we're Indiana Jones and we went to the temple and we found the idol, <laughs> and <laughs> and the and the idol was like a guy with one of his eyes popping out and his tongue sticking out. Like it just looks like <laughs> and we're, we're we're blowing our fingers before we go to touch it, and like right before we touch it, we go stop. Yeah, and then we and then we pick it up. And we go hammer time, and then run out. <laughs> Fuck yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's Fuck so yeah. good. This belongs in a museum, guys. You belong in a museum. 
Thank you. I like museums. <laughs> this is essentially um, on the uh, collective museum that is the internet now. So hopefully this won't get lost again. It will or not what, be what lost now because lost in 20 years um, when we have flying cars, someone is going to come across our lost podcast and it's going to revive Hammerman and it's going to cause like this revitalization of the world. Mm-hmm. And some washed up uh, <laughs> high school basketball player is going to flip a switch well, and that... then reverse the polarity on the internet and spit it all out into the world. Well, that's when they rediscover uh, basketball, you know, it, the lost oh, art. It? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, I love it in every way. It's amazingly terrible. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. I, I, like, you're right. It, it is amazingly terrible by the definition. Yeah, this is this is one of the few that we've watched that's so so fucking bad. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Everything it's about not it. like it's it's not like it's good. It's just no the it, right type and amounts of bad to make it phenomenal. Oh yeah, yeah. and the right amount of crazy and weird, unexplained, yeah. and like. Um, executive oversight and clear like pandering to the uh, to the license holder. So good. I remember thinking when I was a kid that if I ever became famous, I'm just gonna just get suitcases full of money to sell my <laughs> likeness in a cartoon that has like literally about as much content as you could wipe your ass with. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Um. Yeah, I mean, and the other thing is that, like, it's trying so hard to have this message, and yet it so clearly has zero integrity. Oh, yeah. It's it's wonderful. Guys, today I learned a really important lesson. <laughs> What's up? I don't remember. Okay. Mm. <laughs> but it was important. You know, I remember seeing Hammer doing basically the same message on the show Amen. Oh, really? Yeah, he showed up for an episode of that and said, stay in school. Make sure you have something to fall back on. That was literally the message in the 90s was stay in school. Like that was going to magically solve all the problems in your life is if you have like pandemic. Yeah, don't spend all of, of your like money. People yeah. <laughs> dropping out of school. No, I, that, I was just laughing because of the irony of it. He did not have a backup plan. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. No, I, I think that there was there was trouble about um, uh, during this time frame from the education um, classes that I've taken around this time frame. There was an epidemic of uh, kids in cities dropping out of school. They would drop out of school to get jobs. They basically were trying to make money. They thought that making money now was more important than getting education. So a lot of kids, especially kids that were coming from like single parent homes, were trying to earn money to basically help support the household. So, so there was a, a bigger push around this time frame to try to get kids to stay in school. Yeah, so. it's it's almost like uh, gotcha. if you keep people in poverty, they yeah. don't value education, mm-hmm. and it's probably in our best interest to not let people fall into po- poverty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably, but when have we know, ever acted in our own best interest? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they could go back in time and really sell a good message, it would be you know kids. Pick your majors carefully because if you major in some shit, you know, mm-hmm. hi- history or liberal arts major, mm-hmm. you're not going to be 
you know, MC Hammer. I majored in illustration. Well, <laughs> well, you also so, went to an art school. You went to an art school and, and, and turned into graphic you arts that and into design. Graphic art design. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I mean, that's not really what you wanted to do, but you applied <laughs> that that creative art and that knowledge and that passion into something that is applicable and usable. Uh, that's a where... nice way of saying my dreams died. <laughs> you still get to draw, hey, right? I mean, I, I went to. I, I studied. I studied <laughs> you can't do, man. No one's stopping you. <laughs> Go ahead, I, Adam. Sorry, I'm a shitty drawer. I was gonna say I studied anthropology. And then dropped out of school and then went back and studied environmental uh, sciences. And now I work running a, a series of convenience stores. Mike went and studied genetics. No. What are you doing with your genetics? Not even that. Mike? I studied biology um, mm. and realized that with that degree, I could test blood and urine in a hospital for $20,000 a year. So um, I luckily had a fallback plan. Which was to um, shoot hoops and and play basketball. <laughs> yeah, and... you were so good. You were the best in the rec center. You yeah. were. Yeah. And we really thought they were going to go all the way. I mean, that's the reason why I said I'd rather be your water boy in the major leagues than a water boy at. So yeah, my fallback plan was you know uh, go in the air force, but you know uh, be an officer because. Because uh, you're a gentleman. Yeah, it's because you it's know better to do it, it that. Pays more. Yeah, it pays, it's better it to do it that better. way. Yeah. Um, if you can do that, I would recommend that. And then you know, now I'm not doing biology or uh, uh, officering. Militarism. Yeah, militarism. <laughs> um, <laughs> Militanery. What? Militanery. It's where you take uh, people in it's, the military and you turn them into leather. Mm, yeah. No, it's it's the process of tanning millipedes. <laughs> oh, interesting. I I, I do uh, militanery every summer out by the pool. And we kept telling you that you'd go blind if you did that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and now you got to go get LASIK. But it, they they lied. It just my palms got all hairy instead. Does, does your wife ever come and bang on the bathroom door and and be like, Mike, quit doing biology? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that she said that just the other day. <laughs> I like how how out of all of us, the only one that was like, you know what, I'm going to do this, and then he did it was Derek. Yeah, what did, what Derek's did do, Derek? coolest. Like, I'm gonna go fly planes, and damn it, he flew some planes. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it worked. <laughs> Fairly boring. Flying planes is pretty cool. Now, one one honest question here, not not a joke question. I need to come up with a better thing than honest question or serious question. Are we going to limit the episodes to the three or four that we have that are dubbed in English? So that we can no. yes. eventually we're yes. going to no, we're gonna watch out. a finished translation, hook it up to Google Translate. Adam, I'm trying to be serious. <laughs> I'm just gonna say like so when we roll on this, I guess just get like a D four, right? Yeah. I think like roll one through four. I think this is gonna be the spark that lights the fire. We're gonna randomly get assigned an episode that was never released, and there will be a worldwide global search to find <laughs> Hammerman for us. 
all of our fa- fans will come together in a, like a heartwarming. Uh, I'll tell you what, if we if we review an episode that's like super duper fucking lost, I'll throw that shit on Reddit, and we'll we'll <laughs> yeah, just ride that bitch it. to the front page. <laughs> yeah. So we just need to start everybody's gonna be like, digging. this this podcast is fucking terrible, but they're reviewing something I haven't seen ever, so mm-hmm. I'll watch. So we need to start digging through attics of random people's houses. <laughs> who's, who's got? Who's got? That's the logical next yeah. step. Yep. Who, Let's commit a series of break-ins. Who majored in breaking and entering in college? Um, uh, I minored. So in the it. first things I minored. First things it. we have to do is we have to find <laughs> retired couples who would have had children around the eight to ten year range in 1992. I like that so, Derek's done the yeah. demographics. <laughs> so we gotta essentially bust in some like sixty-two to seventy-year-olds' houses. There you go. We'll, we'll contact some political canvassers, and they, they have yeah. all the lists. Yeah. Hey, uh, like, give us the list of people who voted for Trump. Oh yeah. Let's go raid their attics. <laughs> I don't know. I think those they're the ones most likely to pull guns on us. Well, we can get and that list. I mean, the trigger discipline. No, we can get that. Just, we can get the list where the, they got the Russian. The Russians got that list. I'm sure we can oh, get it. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, dude, this is easy. You just go to church and you talk about not wanting to get the vaccine and that <laughs> how it's going to give you five. Oh man, and that January sixth was not an insurrection, even though there's gunshots in the Capitol building. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Okay, <sighs> we got to cut all this. Um, <laughs> David, what, oh, David, what's, what's, our, what's next? our next segment? Just in the name of God, ye not guilty. So, Derek, are there Sir. any changes you'd like to make to the list? Ooh. Uh, this is a tough one, Derek. I had Choose some good wisely. ones last time, but I think everybody, I think we all agreed on them. No, 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 no. This is your chance to either add an episode of something to the list or take something off the list. Yeah. Because it's a, it's you're next to be redeemed. Basically. Yes. Yeah. You can you can move something off from the wait list to the to the uh, final list. Or because eliminate this segment called in. redemption. Okay. All right. Uh, it's on the wait list. I want to move Aeon Flux to the actual list. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. A couple reasons. One, I just happened to come across like a post on Reddit where someone did some fan art of it or whatever. I was like, oh, cool. I remember that show from when I was aired in the early 90s or whatever on MTV. Um, And I remember enjoying watching that show like in the middle school years. Like that was kind of like slightly risque or whatever. It wasn't the Saturday morning cartoons. Um, Yeah, it was an MTV cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. So I would like to move. Oh, wait. We. Did yeah, I just see we had Ren and Stimpy on here too? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. whoa! <laughs> what am, what am I doing? Why is Stripperella only listed? Because you haven't gotten a redemption yet, Mike. Yeah, That's Mike. Why. No, he did. he did. Oh, and you wasted it, Mike. Yeah, what did I waste uh, it on? I think I took the mask off. I don't yeah, remember. That, you did the right thing. I would. I would like. I would like to keep. I would like to move Aeon Flux up to the list. Mike. I I like it. Right. Yeah. Mike added Street Fighter. Oh, that's right. Whoa. I think oh, every one of my yeah. cartoons that I remember on is the on the list. It's either on the list or on the wait list. And the last time we were on here, I, I mentioned a couple, and they were here. Aeon Flux. Is that the... Did they do a remake of that one? Of Eon Flux? Yeah. No, they, they did, did a movie. movie. There was the crappy Charlie yeah. Theron movie. No, 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 no. Yeah. There 
I think they might be they might be making a re remix actually. It was pretty cool. The the um I I got I had the DVD of the series and I watched it for a while and there was uh, a real quality difference between anything that was done by the creator and what was done by other directors. And the next redemption goes to me. Whoa. So I really should be taking things off the list, but it's so hard to do when you find something good. Uh-oh. What'd you do? Uh, What'd you do? I'm going to add Photon to the list. Photon? Is this like some sort of weird, obscure cartoon from like the 1960s? It's like a low-budget Captain Power. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh no. Uh, so Captain David, Power you, was a high budget Captain Power. Do you love God. these kinds of shows? Uh, all right. <laughs> okay, so, so so you and I are. I don't remember it being that. I'm um I'm I'm actively trying to remove live action shit, and you're actively but, adding live action shit. <laughs> yeah. See, this is like uh, I, I just sent a text, but that's the uh, animation that I remember. It's just like they're just like standing and crouching in weird ways. It's real. Yeah, no, this is, I, I guess you can see how this is, is kind of weird, but this is like, like Mobius type stuff. Oh yeah, it's, it's yeah, very inspired by Mobius. It, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm, high five Derek. <laughs> yes, Put that bitch on the fucking show. Make sure to keep that, that the sound of Derek having himself in there. We're gonna, okay. we're gonna watch the, the lady in the super tiny thong go shoot people. All right. What's so our next segment, next David? Episode, well, I think we're gonna we do one. We're gonna it. do one universe first. Oh yeah, one universe theory. The rest of this episode has been lost. Amazingly terrible is produced by David Marks. Send your emails to monotonously terrific at amazinglyterrible.com. Music by Josh Woodward. David. We're watching Saturday Supercade. So who's going to be oh, doing man. that one? I don't know if I remember this one at all. Uh, I'm going to be so. doing it. Yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah, bro! <laughs> you can do at, it. At least, at least we get the other fucking super gamer on here to do the gaming ones.